Welcome to Modern Day Abigails, a women's outreach of Calvary Chapel Pearland. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So let's listen to God's Word, where everyday lives transform, and where we can become the women God created us to be. The Word of God is not making us change and grow. We're either not reading it or we're rejecting it. Because there is no way, because we're not rejecting it because maybe we don't like what it says, but there is no way you can have that encounter with the Lord and His God and His Word and not start changing and growing. So if you're not changing and growing, it's one of two things. You're not reading it, or if you are reading it, you're rejecting it. Yeah. And it's easy to do. I've seen people personally seen people have um, this amazing encounter with the Lord, even acknowledge it was the Lord and then turn right around and go back to their lifestyle. It's like, I don't I mean, how? Yeah, no, because I just reject it. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine rejecting it either. I can't because I didn't reject it. Exactly. Me neither. Well, that's not true. Before I, you know, so before... I truly gave my life to the Lord. I guess well, I, I guess was. We, re- yeah, I guess so. Okay, now I, know, I see where you're going. Yeah, I, I guess we did. Yeah, because, And not, maybe not even recognized it. You know what? It. You're right, because I wasn't growing, because when I gave my life to the Lord, I never got discipled, because I didn't tell anybody, because I didn't... Yeah, I me, was a kid. me. I was a kid. I didn't yeah. know what to do. Well, I didn't, I, I, I didn't know very many Christians, and, and I didn't understand the way it was, and so, yeah. I didn't get discipled either. And so I was a Christian probably a, a good 10 years before I... Before I um, started walking my walk, right now I was already walking my walk a little bit, but not not like I am now. Yeah, we were. It's yeah, very it different. was at a crawling space instead of let's go for this. Yeah. yeah, I guess so because I did. I didn't get discipled in. Yeah. But then again, as I got older, I could have chosen to get discipled. I could have chosen to go to church, but I, uh, I've told the story before. I went to a church with a friend, and I said, "I want to see something different, Lord. If I'm supposed to go to church, I need to see something different because I don't like where I'm at." And I went to the church with a youth group. It was a magic show. I have no idea what the guy was actually talking about. Looked around and thought, there is nothing different between them and me. Why do I even need to go to church if there's nothing going to be different? Yeah. Because I could not see anything different. Why give up my Sundays? Yeah. Well, why? Yeah, exactly. I can read my, and my thought was, I can read the Bible on my own. There's plenty of things I can do instead of going to an actual building with people that are no different from me. Having to get dressed up and put on some makeup and do your hair. Exactly. So um, I didn't get discipled until... When I gave, when I told the Lord He could have my life, mm-hmm. I didn't want it anymore. But a week later, same daycare, I'm standing there going, "I need to read the Bible. I need to know who this King is. I need to know who this man is that saved me." And so that was the first time I actually, because I'd read it before, but I read it as more of a so and so. Well, you haven't read the Bible. I'm like, I read the children's Bible. Fine, I'll read the regular one, thinking it was the same. <laughs> it's not. Not even close. <laughs> not even close. Yeah. You should imagine my my surprise. I read through a lot of stuff really quick because I didn't want to understand it. I yeah. was rejecting. I didn't want to see what God wrote. And so I, I didn't. I, I read really fast through the things I didn't like. So that time, I decided to go slow and really read it. Yeah. It's like, oh. That's a life changer there. Yeah. I was with um, someone who kept me completely isolated. You know, we, I, I was allowed that's the correct word, to be around people here and there, like a little bit at church, but I was not allowed to become close to anybody. And um, not really. And so 
um, I was not discipled, but I did start reading my Bible on my own, and that was a life-changing right. event. And that's when I realized that um, my husband, who was supposed to be a Christian from a Christian home, he would spout these things off, and I would be like, that's, okay, that's not what it says. This is what it actually says. Right. And everything that he was teaching me was not correct. Right. And it, it was baffling to me, because I didn't know anything else. Right. So Yeah, that's what ignorance does. That's why the enemy doesn't want us reading the Bible. I mean, then there's churches who really, or pastors who don't really want you reading the Bible, because if you start reading it for self, power's in the Word, the Lord's going to reveal to you what's Mm -hmm. going on, and all of a sudden you'll be like, hey, that's not right. Hey, that's not true. What are you doing here? Yeah. You know, that's why I love about the, the, you know, Ray or Pastor Ray with Calvary Chapel Pearland, you know, he's going verse by verse by verse. He can't skip anything. He can't go to the stuff that's cute and sweet and nice. He has to hit all of it, even the parts we don't like. And, and, I, and we do that with the kids' church. Yeah. He he even gives a disclaimer. Okay, it's a hard one. I didn't write it. Yeah, exactly. But I'm going to read it. Here we go. Yeah, I love it when he <laughs> says, hey, just remember, I did not yeah, write this. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, wrote this. I just passed it if on. You, yeah, if you don't like it, please take it up with him. <laughs> yeah. But so today, uh, we were like totally off topic here, but... the. the there's so many good Bibles out there that like come with um, like little study sections right. for you where you can really, right. that helps you kind of like dig into it more. And I mean, find a good one, get some right. help if you don't know anything about Bibles, because there's also a lot of bad ones out well, there. Well, we say we recommend the New King James Version. Yes. Um, the NIV actually leaves a bunch of scriptures out. Um, All the other ones do, yeah. except and there's for a New lot King of them, James. and some of them, it's the wording they use. It's not even um, like a lot of them won't use the only begotten son. Um, some leave out Luke four eighteen, but we have found that the New King James Version it leaves in Luke four eighteen to talk about the He came to heal the brokenhearted. It says begotten. That's very important that Jesus is the only begotten Son, um, and so we have found that that is the best Bible to use. Translation. So, I'm yeah. not saying if you're using something else, you're evil. Please don't think I'm saying that because there are some people who say if you're not using the King James Bible, you're going to hell. You're evil. And it's like, no, what? that's not true. It's not true, but. Using the New King James Version, yeah. you can buy all different kinds. You can get stuff that has like, like you have a study Bible. Yeah, I, I do. Well, I, w- I don't recommend the one I have because it has culture. And, um, you know, the, if you read the culture notes, you're like, huh? Like, you know, one of the ruins I'm going to read just talks about it's supposed to be about fertility in Egypt. And I'm like, even one of the commentaries I wrote is like, yeah, I don't think so. So my culture notes tell you what's going on in the culture. It doesn't mean that the person who wrote is saved. But right. there are a lot of good study Bibles. Um, I don't. I, I used the Amplified, Amplified Bible for a while because it would help give me extra words and stuff to help me understand it. Is it always great? No, because I remember asking Ray a question. I'm like, well, this is what the Amplified Bible says. And he's like, you know, that's a lot of words. I don't think you need that many words. <laughs> let's go back and let's go look at here. And so get back to the basics. Yeah, just get back to the basics. So, um, but there are plenty of commentaries. There's commentaries online. Um, some we use um, uh, Blue Letter Bible. Blue Letter Bible. They have a lot of commentaries. Um, Olive Tree has a lot of commentaries. Um, you just, but you still have to have discernment. And you still have to pray as you read. And don't think you have to have an answer. There's plenty of times I have read it. I'm like, Lord, I don't understand that. I don't get that. I thought this way. What are you really saying? And wait for the Lord to reveal the answer. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have it all together in one sitting. You know, it's okay to grow and learn. And if you make a mistake and you tell somebody you made a mistake, go back and say, hey, look, you remember when I told you this? The Lord showed me this. I was wrong. Sorry. Yeah. You know, I've never heard anybody who gets upset because you came back and said, I'm sorry. I was wrong. 
sometimes we don't understand what that particular passage is saying yeah. unless we've gone through, through something. Exactly. And then it totally makes sense. Yeah. And there's so. sometimes, I couldn't tell you how many times I've read it. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Going on now. Yeah. Moving on. And moving on until the Lord tells me something else. You know. And that's okay. It is okay. It is okay. The Lord will reveal it when it's time. There's not a single person on this earth that understands every single word right. that's that. The, but part of it is, yeah. build, and this is not off topic, because part of that Bible study is building a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. As you go through his word, he's going to show you what you need to see for your application. It's, the interpretation's the same, but the application might be different for each person. He is going to show it to you if you allow him to and do your Bible study. And like I said, it may not be that second. But he's going to reveal it. Yeah. He's the powers in the word. Yeah. You may be teaching the word. Like we uh, we have a friend, a mutual friend, and Pastor Ray consults with him nonstop. And uh, Pastor Ray will discover something in the Bible and he'll bring it to our mutual right. friend. And he'll be like, now this man, is he's a missionary pastor. He's, he's been studying he's for a long time. Teaching every every inch of the Bible. And he'll be, huh, I never saw that before. Right. So to hear him say that is a little bit baffling, but that just goes to show you that the Lord's word is ever, um, it's living. Yeah, it's living. And so yeah. he did not need to see it at that time, Yeah, but Pastor Ray did. Exactly. And and, and it doesn't mean one's wrong and one's right. It just means, hey, the Lord's like, hey, I'm going to reveal this to you, but I'm going to take this and reveal this to you. Yeah. Because we're all in a different place. If the pastors all spoke the same in the same place... We, I don't know that we'd learn, but yeah, exactly. We all, I mean, I learned different things from past our mutual pastor friend, and I learned different things from Ray, but they're yeah. all still together in the same word, and nobody's contradicting each other, right? Exactly. Book's so, big, man. You got a lot to learn, yeah. And that's why when we're reading it, we're looking at it more of an aspect of a relationship that for women, yeah. Because we're women, and this is what God needs to show us about our relationship with women. If Ray ever does Songs of Solomon, I always laugh and say, just wait, it's going to be your turn one day. Um, he's going to see things that I didn't see, but it's not that he was wrong or I'm wrong. It's just that it, 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 we're not going to contradict each other. It's just going to be, oh, we're going to take it to a next level. Everybody yeah. likes games and leveling up. That's what the Lord does. Sure. Um, Paul talks about it. I'm going to start you off with milk. I'm going to work mm-hmm. our way up to meat. Right. You know. So that's all this is, is one, but I might speak like this, but then Ray takes it to the next level. Yeah. And we're going, we're, we are coming at it from a different, we're a women's ministry and we're, right. we're reaching out to women who have been hurting in various ways, abused or addiction or abandonment or whatever. And we're, we're coming at it from this particular angle where you're not alone. You are loved. Right. You're not abandoned. And it's all scriptural yeah. and it's not contradictory. So yeah, so. that's the important part. All right, so, Anna, all go right. for it. All right, so in Song of Solomon, chapter 2, not chapter 2, yeah, chapter 2, verse 2, the beloved like a lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. Remember I said that in God's, that this is God's love for his people, the Jews also, and we can see that here in his love for the bride. So back in Genesis, God had created his own special people through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham started as Abram, got his name changed to Abraham. He had his son named Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. Jacob had 12 kids with two wives. We're not not saying that having more than one wife is a great idea. I've never seen it in the Bible where a guy who had more than one wife worked out very good. There's not <laughs> one instance where it ever worked out. Everything, every time it went out bad. God never condoned that. Always problems between the wives. Yep. And you're like, but God doesn't say. No, God figured you can learn the hard way on that one. I mean, 
That's why he never says it out loud. He's like, you, you think that's a great idea? Go for it. I told you Adam and Eve. I didn't create another wife for Adam. Right. But if you insist on having more than one wife, go figure out how that works. Mark yeah. Twain always said that's when you hold the cat by the tail. Right. <laughs> that's the only way you can learn. So um, he had Jacob. They had 12 cents. And he had separated this group of people like an artist who signs a painting in the right-hand corner of his masterpiece. You know, Israel is God's signature. And um, I mean, really, can we watch news without Israel coming up in the forefront somewhere? Mm-mm. I don't remember the Jewish guy's name, but he always called Israel the little carrot cake in the Middle East because it looked like the shape of a carrot cake. It's so small, but everybody is after it. Everybody wants to, uh, to divide it. Everybody wants to take half of Jerusalem or get rid of Jerusalem. You know, why? Why is that? Because that's what God separated to make his own special people. And... um and there's, so that's what it's saying is Israel has all these enemies around it, and there's this lily among all of these thorns. So that's part of what he's saying here. That's how much he loves his his people. You know, he said, "I know there's a lot of thorns out there, but you're my my special people. I sign my name with you." So, and for us, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. How many, Joanna? How many times have you heard people say we're all God's children? Oh, that's a common thing today uh-huh. because, well. Just because. Yeah. And the problem is, is that is not in the Bible. It is not true. We humans are all created in God's image, but we are not all his children. And I can prove it. So his children has lots of thorns around them. John 1. If we were all his children, then we'd all be going to heaven and we would not need a savior. Exactly. Well, and that's why people say we're all God's children. No, not. No. No. And that in John 1, um, John chapter 1, verse 6 starts in, in... from there, he, he says it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. Light's capitalized, that's Jesus. That all through him might believe. Saying that through John, they might believe about the true light that came, Jesus. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the light, true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. And the word did not the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So the scripture is clear. To be a child of God, you have to believe in his name. And that's the name of Jesus, Yeshua, in Hebrew. And just in case you need one more proof, James 4, 4, adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is intimacy with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. That doesn't sound like a child of God there either. So... Joanna had to step away for a moment. Might be good because she may not have as much fun with this part of this subject. Um, she she needed to grab her thing of water, so I'm kind of just stalling a little bit. So when we because um, I think her commentary on our next section is going to be a lot of fun, and I don't want to miss that. So uh, when we talk about the lilies among the thorns, unfortunately. There's a lot of thorns out there. Um, We see thorns on roses, and that's why God talks about his invisible qualities, because he sees, he shows us in the natural order, the natural creation that he created, he shows us this stuff. And so that's why we can't be friends with the world. 
Um, we have to believe in him to be a child of God. I think she's giving my cat treats. Did you give him treats again? Yes. Yeah, she gave my cat treats. He's figured out to be like one of the, the dogs and goes and gets and wants treats. So we can't be we cannot be friends with the world and be friends with God. And that's what he's saying that when you're a friendship with the girl with the world, there God is your enemy. So we're not all God's children. So that's the first part we want to make sure we understand when he says, uh, "The beloved like a lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters." So, the yes, I I heard my name as I stepped away to grab a yeah. a sparkling water. Did you have a question for me? No, or something? I, I didn't want you to miss this next part. Okay, I'm here. It's going to be a fun part. This oh, is the no. other thing we set we see. That I think is unnerving, and we want to make sure we clarify. First, we clarify that not everybody is a child of God. We're all created in His image, but we're not all His children. The second one that's very unnerving is how people are saying, well, humans are animals. We're part of the animal kingdom. Uh, you know, people are replacing children with animals, dogs. I mean, you see it all the time. But we're not animals. Animals, one, animals are not made in God's image, and we are And I don't care that they say how close the DNA is between a monkey and a human. All that says is that we are the same creator. Because I can prove that we are not animals. You want to take a guess how I can prove that we're not animals? Do I want to guess? I already know the answer, so I'm not going to guess. Okay. But I'm going to let you tell. Okay. (laughs) Most people will tell say this because we have an opposable thumb or because we have thumbs and animals don't. Nah. Since we're talking about intimate things... Did you know humans were the only ones who can have sex face-to-face? I did not until I read your notes. Yep. Shout out to Mrs. Haynes' AP biology class. Why is this important? Because it's a relationship when you're face-to-face. We want to see God's face. Face-to-face means you see each other and you are with each other and you're developing something special. And I'm going to go into some scriptures to prove this. That's why we cannot say that we're part of the animal kingdom. One, we're, we're made in the image of God, not animals. And two, because we are not even close to animals, animals have sex just to procreate. That's all they're there. They're, um, and some will say dolphins floor play and have fun. Some will say this and that about animals. But the whole animal's mission is to reproduce. That is it. Or God gave humans the ability to have sex face-to-face for intimacy, for relationship, for building up. Yes, do we get kids out of it? Absolutely. It's probably why he made it fun. Because if it wasn't fun, nobody would be having kids. That's true. I'm just saying. So let's talk about how important face-to-face is, because this is about relationship. This is about intimacy. And if you're in a relationship where it's, dare I say, not face-to-face, you need to be praying about that. You know, go to the Lord about that one. It could be some sexual abuse there. And, you know, you, you need to put that in check. I don't know how else to say it, Joanna. Don't look at me like that. Just keep going, Anna. All right. Keep going. Hey, there might be somebody. I'm just trying to help. I was sexually abused by my ex-husband. Yes. So I'm trying to delicately put, um, there could be if, some trouble in your marriage and you need to go to the Lord about it. If you're not comfortable in your bedroom with your husband, there's, there's, there's a there's, reason. Yes, there's a problem and you need to go to How the Lord about sound? it. Yes, you okay. need to go to the Lord about it. And if it's a rule abusive, you need to get away. We told y'all already, we, do not, we do not condone abuse. We don't condone a divorce either, but we don't condone abuse. Get away. If you're not married, you need to get away anyway. It doesn't matter how you're doing it. I actually had somebody I knew who said that they were breaking up with their boyfriend and they were going to miss the sex with him. Uh-huh. But he was abusive too. I hear that all the time. And he was abusive. And I'm like, wait, what? I, that one didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I um, hear it all the time. 
Doesn't so, make any sense, but no. But well, also, it tells you a lot about my. They're attracts, unhealthy, unhealthy yeah, attracts unhealthy. unhealthy yes, so. that's true. So anyway, we don't. So we want to make sure we're clear that we're not condoning abuse, but we do want to talk about how important face to face is. I've got several um, scriptures that talk about it. Second Chronicles six forty two. Oh Lord God, do not turn away the face of your anointed. Remember the mercies of your servant David. David didn't want to lose that relationship. Psalm twenty seven nine. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. Psalm 87 and then also 19. Restore us, O God of hosts. Cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. He says it more than once. Um, Psalm 84, 9. God Behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. That's the relationship we want. We want to see God face to face. We want to have that deep, intimate relationship. And we're going to talk about it later when we talk about a veil. You know, did we already talk about that? Was that in verse one? She said she wanted to be unveiled. I think so. Sorry, y'all. That's my own hold music. Yep. You know, because we saw that in chapter one. For why should I be as one who veils herself? This is about being unveiled face to face, nothing in between. It's also the veil between uh, with Jesus and the whole in God. There was a veil of separation. There's not that separation anymore to God because Jesus made a way. So this is important to have this this binding relationship. Any more before I screw it up? No, but I like the veil because when you're married, you remove the veil. veil. Yes, because you see them face to face. For those who wear yeah. a veil, not everybody wears one. Well, apparently Rebecca. Wait a minute. Leah and Rebecca, yeah. Leah did. Apparently, Re- Leah did. Yeah. Didn't take it off until it was too late. Till the morning. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Should have been a red flag. See, yep, yep, yep. See, that wasn't a face to face relationship and it went bad. Yeah. yeah. Went up with the second wife. It just would not go well, y'all. Um, and constant turmoil after that. Uh, yes. But God used it anyway and got the 12 tribes of Israel like he had promised. He did. And Jesus. Their, their descendants is more than the stars in the skies and the sea and the sands. I mean, yeah, because we get grafted in. Gentiles, remember, you get grafted in. Gentiles yep. and non-Jew, we get grafted. We get to join the family. Anyway, that's a relationship there, too. That's a whole yep. other topic about a relationship when it's adoption. Yep. All right, so we're going to go to two, Songs of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 3. The Shulamite, like an apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my... Oh, this is the Shulamite talking. Sorry, I didn't do a good job on that. The Shulamite's talking and says, Like an apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down in his shade with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. She's doing an image of her beloved who is healthy and living. He's alive, which is very important to us because our beloved Jesus is alive. Revelation one eighteen, I am who lives. I, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. All right. So first off, we're seeing that image of of. of, of strong and alive and and sweet with fruit so first we're establishing jesus is alive that's important because there is no other deity that is alive jesus is the only one who claims to be alive nobody else does not any other religion claims someone is still alive so that's important true i'm shaking my head yes yeah that's important shade is protection Protection and security. Remember when I asked kids why they trust their parents? One of them was because they were protected. When you've been running, running away from life, 
running away from the Lord, running away from responsibilities, or when you're just running from anything, when you stop and find a place to rest, you are relieved. And that's why she's saying with great delight. We are running from the Lord all the time. Most of the time we're running away from him and not running to him. We should be running to him. That's what David talks about. Even when we screwed up. So I'm going to read a little bit of a... Yeah, go ahead. You know, people, you would think... How do I put this? That it's so easy just to run and run and run from the Lord. But in reality, that's the hard part. Running to Him is the easy part. Right. Because you don't get tired. Running away gets you tired. Yeah. Well, and running to Him, that's where... You run right into Him. He's going to be right there. He hasn't left you. Yeah, you've left Him. But His... um, Things start falling into place and you get his protection, you get his help, you get his understanding. He starts taking care of things for you that he'd been wanting to take care of, but you wouldn't let him, you know. So running to him is the easy part. Running away, ladies, flip it around and and just run straight to him. You're thinking, how do I know if I'm running away? If you're always tired, if you're always exhausted, if it's never working out and you're just ready to give up, you're running away. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, I didn't know if I was missing something there. No, chicken. I'm, that wasn't that wasn't part of my notes. So I was like, I'm not sure what how they yeah, exactly answer that. But probably I more it. that goes with that. But probably if the, is. that's a that's an extra insert we weren't yeah. thinking about. But that's I, I started thinking about that. I'm running away. I'm like, well, how do I? I know I ran away, and I was tired, and I was exhausted, and I was just done. A lot of chaos, a lot yes. of turmoil, a lot of confusion, a lot of unpeace. You know, um, addiction. If you yes. if you're if you're wanting to numb your pain through whatever form that you're going to use, or that's running away. Yeah, yeah. You're, that's and, running yeah. away, and you're going to get tired. Yeah, and, and at some point you have to stop running, and that's what we did. We both, in some point of our life, decided I'm going to stop running. I'm going to go straight to the Lord. Thank you for letting us share our tools to become the women God created us to be. If we encourage you today, visit us at moderndayabigails.com. Remember, you are loved, cherished, and prayed over.